0: Hello and welcome to The Stack. It's a very special show indeed, dedicated to brand new magazines. Print is more alive than ever. We have a Spanish interiors title that will bring a much-needed addition of Zest to the newsstand. A title making AI easy to understand and a glossy magazine about electronic music. Perfection. Enjoy the show. From Iduri House in London, this is The Stack, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. We start the show in Madrid, and how exciting it is to welcome back Enrique Pastor to the show. Former editor of AD Spain, he's back with a brand new quarterly magazine, which will be out later in September. It's called Manera, a word that refers to the way things are done. He tells me more about this exciting project and how it will also feature plenty of Latin American content.
1: Manera, it's uh, the meaning in Spanish, it's a way of doing things. And we say that after the lockdown and everything that's happening in the world. So we think there is a new manera to look at the interiors, to think, to imagine how we want to live. So we've been a long time at homes and we've had time to reflect on that. So we think that there is a new manera of living houses and we want to have a new manera to tell how people is living and how to bring color or or to bring optimism or to feel well at home so that's the main focus that we have in the magazine and even it's a latin word so we are based in spain and we have a strong link with latin america we will have editors there so the main focus of the content in the magazine will be spain and latin america and then we will embrace everything that is creative outside. But we don't want it to look like any other interior design magazine that are mainly focused in the US or in France, that they're doing very well. But there's a lot of talent, especially in Latin America, that people is not knowing that. So we want to be the platform to introduce this new talent and this new creativity.
0: And by the way, just checking which city in Spain are you based? Is in Madrid? Yes, yes, we're very lucky to be here Wonderful Madrid, Madrid <laughs> wonderful Madrid. <Yes. laughs> Thank you.
1: I think it's the, the there's Everything happening here at this time. And as I mentioned, the link with Latin America is very strong because there's people coming for living and work here. And we have professionals just moving to Latin America to work. In, and we're building a, a very beautiful bridge between the two areas.
0: So it's it's nice to be here. I love the focus on Latin America because I think, especially you being in Spain, you have this something very special. You have even a common language with so many countries in South America that are also interested you know, in in design, interiors. And I think that's a great way and also to promote Spain, because as you said, you know, we do see a lot of houses from the US, from France, you know, it even ends up looking samey. And I think it's nice. And I think it's part of your career as well to showcase the best of Spanish talent as well.
1: Yes, of course. And we think that we can, it's a very strong word to say, but we would like to become the ambassadors of a way of doing things and a way of living that can link with Spain, with the Mediterranean area, and also with Latin America. That, As you mentioned, there's a strong creativity happening there and, and we would like to, to tell that.
0: What can you tell us about the magazine itself? I know it's going to be a, a quarterly. Will it be like a lot of pages and what can you reveal? Because I know when is the first issue supposed to be out? It will
1: be in September, mm-hmm. or probably beginning of October. And the idea of publishing a quarterly, it's because it will allow us to arrive to the newsstands with more pages and we will have a strong focus because we want to link the house and everything that surrounds us with the cultural panorama. We will include also i mean like short fiction stories from writers inspired by iconic houses of spain and latin america and we will give space for reading and for reading nice stories and and i mean we will give enough content just for you to enjoy the magazine for three months so but we don't stop on the print because we would like to be on digital too we would like to produce good content for, for the digital, just using the new language that it's sometimes it's very different to the print and we'll have the website, a weekly update with five very nice, long quality stories. Then we will send newsletter to, we will do podcasts and we will use some of the social media just to be in touch with our audience.
0: What about in terms of, of distribution? I mean, I think you said it already, but Spain, Latin America will be your focus. But I'm hoping, of course, that we have a lot of listeners here in the UK. I hope there will be a, a nice distributor that will bring uh, some copies over here as well. Yeah. I mean,
1: our distribution will be Europe mainly, America, Spanish speaking America, because the magazine will be published in Spain. But in the end, you'll find six, eight pages with the main stories. English translation. From my experience, I think that interior design and the visual will be very important. So you will easily understand the house because we will, I mean, we are not afraid in giving 16, 18 pages to a project. So if it's good, you can have the idea of how the house looks like. We are adding this small part in English, just for the non-Spanish speaking readers,
0: will will enjoy some some of the writing that we, we are doing. And what's the format like of the magazine? Is it a kind of a, a normal size or slightly larger, smaller? What, what can you say it's about the format? It's slightly
1: smaller. I would say it's only one or two centimeters smaller, but it makes a difference when you read it or when you have it at home. So... And it will be published in a very high quality, sustainable paper and we'll have a strong cover. So, I mean, it will have some of the codes of the book publishing industry, but at the end, we're a magazine. We publish information, I meaning we want to be a magazine. We don't want to become a, a book that just stands in the table and nothing happens. So we, we want to be a, a very lively
0: magazine. And you said, you know, lively there, and I think that's what people perhaps expect from you as well, because some people think design magazine is just this kind of this very cold images, you know, almost minimalist, which is fine. But I have a feeling there'll be a lot of soul. It feels very intimate from what I've been reading about Manera yet, which is quite nice.
1: Yeah, from the photographers that I'm collaborating with. So they have a very warm style to tell how. So it's not like the cold i mean like the street lines of the architecture so we will have some some live we will include some people in there because sometimes it's interesting to know the people who sleep in the house and tells the story and how he did the project so it will have this very intimate point of view so i think you will enjoy and we will include as well we're spanish we will include some sense of humor so we don't enjoy life without laughing and without being a little
0: bit, I mean, irreverent in our point of view. So I agree, a hundred percent. And my final question is to you: Do you see a space for a magazine or and a title like Manera in the newsstand? Do you think that's something that is needed, especially for for the region you are?
1: Yeah, maybe in LATAM, there is no—I mean—space for the designers just to to be in touch with people and with the audience. So I think we will cover a, a good space there in Latin America, and also in in Spain because you know that the print industry is becoming so little less. I want to say quality, but in the end, I mean, if you're based in a country, you have to deliver content that it's close to you, and you have to tell what you can see, touch and feel, so to be very objective and to talk about the things that you see. So I think we will, we will cover a, a nice pace and a nice niche in Spain and why not internationally? Because I think things are happening here in LATAM very, very fast and very
0: interesting and it's, it's a good opportunity to tell the world about it. Muchas gracias, Enrique. And for more on him, make sure to buy a copy of Monaco's summer newspaper. From beautiful Spanish interiors to electronic music. A new glossy with 232 pages is out now. Disco Pogo was found by the team behind the seminal Jockey's Slut from the 90s. Featuring the best electronic music artist from Giles Peterson to Cherelle, the title is a bible for all the ones that enjoy the life on a dance floor. I spoke to Paul Benny, one of the title's editor-in-chief.
2: Disco Pogo is a new electronic music magazine from the original founders of an electronic music magazine from the 90s called Jockey Slut. And that magazine was pretty successful in the 90s, but we sold it at the end of the 90s to another publisher, even though we were still involved for a while. And unfortunately, that publisher went out of business in, I think, 2003, 2004, and that became the end of uh, Jockey Slot magazine. And then me and my partner, John Burgess, we went off and did different things in the music industry. He's been running clubs and festivals. I've been running another media platform called Dummy and also a record label and a publishing company, et cetera. And then recently, a couple of years ago, great friend of ours and someone that we really, really respected called Andrew Weatherall, a very famous DJ, passed away and um, we'd been thinking of doing books that were tributes to some of the artists that we'd covered in Jockey Slut back in the 90s and the early 2000s. And when Andrew passed away, we thought he was the perfect subject for this first tribute book. So we did a book called A Jockey Slut Tribute to Andrew Weatherall, and that was much more successful than we expected we really hoped that we might sell about a thousand copies it was all for charity for andrew's favorite charities and we ended up selling nine thousand copies and it really kind of blew our minds and a lot of people that bought that book suggested that we relaunch jockey slot magazine and we'd never ever wanted to do that we'd never thought of doing that we were never really tempted to be honest we're not the kind of people to look backwards we're always looking forwards and then in the last year or so we just kind of changed our minds And we thought, you know what? Maybe we could do something new and interesting in print. So we did a crowdfunder towards the end of last year because we thought all these people on social media that are saying we should launch Jockey Slut Magazine, I wonder if they would really buy it or not, or whether they just like the idea of us doing it. So we thought if we did a crowdfunder, that would mean that people were literally proving that they were prepared to pay for it. So we did a crowdfunder. We raised about £60,000. That also kind of blew our minds. And then at the beginning of this year, we came back to work after Christmas, after New Year, and we realized, oh, my God, we've got to do this magazine. We've done the crowdfunder. We've raised the money. We better get to work. And in the crowdfunder, we'd said that we we didn't want to call the magazine Jockey Slut Magazine because that was a term that was about... Men who were following DJs and trying to work out what DJs were playing back in the 90s. But in more recent years, it's been thought of as a slightly misogynistic term. And there's no way that we wanted any grey area with what we were doing, that we didn't want to be associated with anything that was thought of as misogynistic. So our catchphrase on one of our early issues of the magazine was, Jockey Slut Magazine was Disco Pogo for Punks in Pumps. And so we thought
0: that's the new name disco pogo so that's where the new name came from i think it's an excellent name and i love the fact that you guys decided not to relaunch Jockey's Lut. but i think you have the best of both worlds you have a new project but you also even the fans of Jockey's Lut they say oh you know Poe was involved in this project so i definitely will be kind of buying because i'm interested because i knew his work from what I, what I, what i used to read as well it feels very confident to me The magazine looks stunning. Tell us a bit about the format, because, you know, it's over 200 pages. It looks incredibly glossy and and beautiful as well. I think that's
2: absolutely right. What you said about the name is that what we wanted to do is to bring with us all of the people that are interested in our previous magazine. But we wanted them to embrace this new magazine. And it felt for us that we weren't revisiting the past, we were doing something new. But at the same time, we were carrying forward some of the fans, the interest, the kudos that that previous magazine had. But for this new magazine, the world's changed since Jockey Slut in the 90s. That was a bi-monthly magazine to begin with, then it became a monthly magazine. But the world's changed and we have the internet now. So we knew that we didn't want to do a monthly magazine. And we thought that even a quarterly magazine would mean that as soon as we'd finished one, we would have to start working on the next one. And as I said, we've both got other kind of roles in the music industry. So we decided that what would be really different and would suit us would be a twice yearly coffee table style, thick, heavy, glossy electronic music magazine so we've gone ahead with that idea and we're really really happy that it seems to have gone down really really well people have really reacted well to the fact that it's full of so much content a lot of people have been saying i'm saving this until i'm going to go on holiday because when i say coffee table magazine sometimes when you think of coffee table magazine you think of a magazine that looks great but doesn't have much content sometimes people might think that coffee table magazine is style over substance Mm. but this we really hope isn't that this is absolutely packed full of great journalism from a real mix of journalists, some very established and a bit older, some just coming up, but also great journalists, lots of great photographers with archive photography, but also lots of current great photographers. And uh, yeah, we hope it looks great. We've got a great designer who worked on our original magazine called Chris Jones. He designed the whole thing. And yeah, we think it's a really quality publication. And we're really glad that you think so too.
0: And and Paul, you know what I've enjoyed actually about Discopogo reading it because I know there are a lot, there are other music publications, there, great ones, but sometimes I have a feeling that sometimes I'm a bit too nos- nostalgic, which is great, you know. To be honest, I, I buy the same, but I like the Disco Pogo is a mix, uh, so I was very happy to see a feature on Confidence Man you know, this uh, new-ish Australian band. So it is a mixture. You have Giles Peterson on the cover, but you also have newer names. And was that your intention to have this balance and and to keep it also current in a way?
2: Absolutely. We have two covers, actually. We've got Giles Peterson Mm. on one and a great up-and-coming DJ called Sherelle on the other cover. And that represents our mix of content, which is that we are now comfortable to look back a bit And look back at scenes and music that has occurred over the last kind of 30 years. But also we're the kind of people, you know, we're very interested in current music. And we also think our audience, which is a slightly older audience, we also think that audience is interested in scenes and music from the past. But they're also the kind of people that like to keep up on current music as well. So it's definitely intentional to have that mix The other reason for the mix and the other reason we're comfortable in looking back is that young people now are very interested in the past. True. You know, they're not just interested in current music. They want to know how we got to this point. They want to know about the tech we've done. We did a a 7000 word article on 90s techno in the magazine, speaking to people like Jeff Mills and Richie Horton and young people in their 20s. Who are into techno now are really interested, I think, in how we got to this point. And so, the mix is for both
0: of those reasons. It's not just for the older people; it's also for the younger people. I like to hear that. And Paul, it feels to me a very confident launch. And you mentioned there a uh, crowd uh, funding. But I saw, you know, some of the best news agents here in London. So, what is the plan? Will you do subscriptions, or will you sell? in selected and new stands around the world tell us a bit more about this kind of business side
2: it's going to be a mixture of the two because once again i think the world has changed and what we don't want to do is have to print up a lot of magazines tens of thousands of magazines to sit in news agents all over the country and around the world that uh, may end up not being bought and recycled or put into landfill you know there can be a lot of wastage in that model. It works for some titles, but uh, that's not what we're trying to do. I think your word's selected. We're um, selected news agents, the best independent record shops, and we love all these new specialist magazine stroke bookshops that are appearing, you know, in cities all around the world. And uh, so we're really enjoying being in some of those. There's one uh, that I visited uh, a couple of weeks ago, Village Books in Manchester, They've also got um, a shop in Leeds. Uh, There's another one I'd love to visit that we follow on social media called Rare Mags in Stockport. So we're really happy to be in those shops as well. But another really important part of our business model is selling direct from our website. The cover price is £15, which is a lot of money. It's a big ask, plus postage. But uh, we are selling lots and lots of magazines direct from our website to uh, the people interested in the magazine, and um, there will be a subscription model as well which will link into getting the print magazine and getting access to certain parts of our website which hasn't launched yet so it's going to be a mixture of those things
0: thank you very much Poe, and for more you can buy a copy of disco pogo i recommend 100 percent and now to the world of ai artificial intelligence but if you thought of a stock image of a white robot Think again. The size of agents is a delightful title that explains and look at the world of artificial intelligence, avoiding cliches, and explains a future where AI benefits everyone. For their first issue, they look at the future of medicine. I spoke to the title's editor, Darcy Duran.
3: I started as a correspondent for NewsWires actually working for AP Reuters and National Frost Press in China, Singapore, Nigeria, and here in the UK. And then about 10 years ago, I met Vince and started shifting into magazines and started working on Huck and Little White Lies and also working on applying our style of journalism to brand projects and things like that. For the past year, I've been basically a journalist embedded in an AI lab here in London, trying to understand this this kind of brave new world that we're in.
0: And I want to understand a little bit more about this world and what I find interesting, let's talk about the magazine Decisive Agents, which does deal with AI, but I find it so interesting that it's an analog product. But I like that mix. Was that your intention as well? Because when you say AI, people think a website or any other type of technology. I like that. Tell us about this approach.
3: Yeah, I think and I think that's probably something I I learned from the past work at TCO is really that a magazine is about community and I think that is our main goal with it is to bring together a community and sort of broaden a community. So it's not just involving AI experts, but AI is this fantastic technology that is going to be bigger than the Internet. But there are serious questions that it raises as well. And to have an open discussion about that, we need to bring more people in the tent. We need people from social sciences. We need people from the arts. We need people to ask questions and kind of create this open forum. This magazine is really about kind of opening up the world of AI and trying to decode it for people who might not consider themselves experts.
0: And I'm curious in terms of the funding for the magazine, I believe it's a company, it's InstaDeep, right? Can you tell us a bit more about InstaDeep for our listeners?
3: Sure, so it's published by InstaDeep and InstaDeep is an AI startup that is quite unique. It was founded in Africa. And so community is one of its core values. Its mission is to help grow the AI community, particularly in Africa, because it's this technology that almost everyone now can have access to. You can learn the skills on the internet and you can build companies like InstaDeep. And that's sort of one of the things that they want to encourage others to do.
0: And what is the intention of the magazine? This issue, I believe, is about medicine, right? So is that your intention for every issue? There will be some sort of a theme that is connected to AI somehow
3: exactly i think that we've discovered in putting this magazine together is there's this incredible lens that helps us kind of imagine the future and when we mix ai with other sectors of society other sectors of industry and kind of imagine okay what what is ai doing right now there and what might that look like as it changes and sort of as you said ai in medicine is the first theme and our cover is sort of the hospital of the future where we've taken all the stories of the magazine put them together and sort of imagine, okay, how will that change the way we have healthcare in the future, maybe?
0: I mean, you mentioned the cover there. I mean, that's one of my favorite things as well. Explain to our listeners a little bit about the cover, because there's a little special effect here on on page one, right?
3: So the cover, um, I think the first thing you might notice is it's, it's a very bright pink, and mm. I think we really wanted to kind of defy kind of the stereotypical colors you might associate with a like gray gray yeah. or quite dark and kind of neon and mm-hmm. I guess this is a neon sky in the other sense we've created this hospital the future um, working with a great illustrator uh, Liam Cobb as he was working on the illustration we had this idea to turn it into a special die cut effect where we cut out some of the windows of the hospital so that when you see the cover you're actually looking into the magazine. And we thought that that's one of the key challenges of a magazine. First, you want people to pick it up, but then you definitely want them to open it up and engage with it. So we almost cheated by, before you even pick it up, you're, you're looking inside a bit.
0: The cover is beautiful. What about the design? I think the design is very colorful, interesting. As you say, the usage of colors like pink, it goes against perhaps the stereotype when people talk about AI. Tell us a bit more about the design and look of the size of agents.
3: A lot of the design credit goes to Angus McPherson, who is also a TCO alumni and worked on Little White Lies. And part of his job when he was at Little White Lies, he would create a custom typeface inspired by the cover film. So he would do a typeface inspired by Tron or by Drive. And the cover really came about um, through a conversation where one of the opportunities we saw was that the world of AI has visually can be a little cliche. If you Google artificial intelligence, you'll see a bunch of pictures of this white robot. We're not sure who this robot is, <laughs> but I, I've, in a year of working in AI, I've never encountered him. And we really wanted to focus on how AI is being used today, which is really by humans to kind of extend mm-hmm. their capabilities. So that was a visual challenge, really, was how, how do we kind of bring that to life? And I think it's quite amazing, the, the clever ways Angus has come up with.
0: Tell us about the title as well. The size of agents. How did that come across? It's it's a really interesting title because you see it's like oh, what is this magazine about? Actually, do you know what I mean? I think it's nice. I think it opens discussions.
3: We hope so. And I I think it really kind of touches on this moment in history that we're we're in right now. So it has a bit of a double meaning. So in the world of AI, agents are programs that sort of observe an environment, make a decision and then take an action. So the example we probably all know is Alexa, where you might say Alexa, play Arcade Fire. And then Alexa has to interpret that garble of sound and then create an action, which is to find the music file. But the other meaning that we wanted to pick up on is the human factor and the idea that there are these great narratives going on where people are making decisions that are actually kind of changing the course of history or the path of their lives. And really it's impacting us all in quite positive ways often, which is also a reason why we focus on healthcare.
0: What does it mean for InstaDeep to have, you know, this beautiful product Is it just a showcase of the brand or do you think there's more to it? Because, of course, it's an editorial magazine. There's like interesting stories. Tell us a bit more about that.
3: We launched the magazine um, last week, actually, at a Mm. London AI meetup. About 100 people came and we hosted at our office. I think it really kind of captured one part of our audience, which is getting the AI experts to engage with it. And immediately you could see after the event, people were kind of tweeting probably As they're going home on the tube talking about articles, talking about uh, one of the things we touch on, and it's shown on the cover, is trials for the Star Trek-inspired technology tricorders that's going on in Mozambique, where they're trying to identify TB just by the sound of a cough. That sort of showed that, okay, we can get the community to engage. They're actually kind of discovering themselves, things because they can be quite siloed when they're working on projects and things like that. And I think now the challenge is sort of, how do we kind of get it into the hands of, of other people? And certainly we'll do that through events. Mag culture has also said that it's going to start selling the magazine. I
0: was going to ask you that. Will you have some places where people can actually physically buy, I don't know, in the website
3: as well, perhaps? Or... Yeah, we're, we're looking at it. Mm. I think this, this is kind of a rare <laughs> occurrence, especially for mm. a digital company where the print model has kind of run ahead of the mm. digital iteration of it. And there will be one. But we also hope that people respond to it. Like Mag Culture and some maybe other shops. Um, it would be great if there were kind of other places that kind of see value in it and want to spread the word. I'm sure
0: they're listening to the stack now, you know? I, I hope so. <laughs> and I love at the end as well. Our next issue is AI Action Packed. I mean, you're already giving a lot of nice taster here, huh?
3: Yeah. And, and and I think that's it. We want this. It's not just for a single issue. We want it to kind of have a life and continue. And it's going to be twice a year initially. And if, if it goes well, maybe we'll we'll increase the frequency.
0: And being an African startup as well, I I like that there's quite a lot of focus on Africa as well. because. Again, it gets out of the Anglocentric world as well. I think that's quite interesting, right?
3: Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think this sort of comes from our, our roots that we know these stories are out there. We know that AI isn't something that just happens in Silicon Valley. And probably our lead feature, we, we got a Kenyan doctor who's quite mm. young and by no means did she consider herself an AI expert. But we got her to kind of think about how she encounters AI and then start talking to people like the doctor who's leading the trials for the tricorder technology and sort of reflecting on the changes that are happening right now and how it's going to affect the way she treats her patients.
0: Thank you very much, Darcy. And the title is called Decisive Agents. Go and check it out. That's it for this week's show. My thanks as ever to our editor, Nora Hall. If you have any comments or queries, feel free to write to me, Fernando, at fpandmonoco.com. And remember, we're back next Saturday at 10 a.m. London time. Meanwhile, you can always listen to it again at Monaco.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And before we go, a little song for you. Locomia with Locomia. You've been listening to The Stack. I'm Fernando Gusto Pacheco. Until next time, it's goodbye from me.
3: Get up on the groove, get into the mood, get it? Look on me, I get your body grooving. and now my niggas will be grooving to the seat, You get it? Look on me, I get your body move, but ain't nothing to it, but let your body
0: do